Hello and welcome to the Talking Guitar Podcast, brought to you by the North American Guitar, the home of the world's finest guitars. In this episode, we catch up with our dear friend and phenomenal guitarist, Justin Sandico, about the effects COVID-19 has had on the music industry, his new studio space, and his philosophy of health, fitness, and social media. Justin, welcome to Teenage Talking Guitar Podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I think there might be a tiny, tiny delay, but we'll, we'll just we'll just keep going through that. That's fine. Um, yeah, no, very good, man. I haven't seen you for a, a, for such a long time face to face. I think the last time I saw you was when you came up and gave me a hug at the NAMM show, um, just as I was at the, uh, I think I was yeah. at the cruise booth. Yeah. Can't yeah, yeah. Briefly at NAMM. Uh... And before that, we were writing a tune in your office. I think. We were, man. In the basement, in the basement, in the back room. Yeah, which we've never finished. And it's and you, like you said in your message to me the other day, it's a good song. We've got to get that finished. Yeah, yeah. Next, <laughs> when all of this COVID mess is over, we'll sort it out. I know, I know. Um, but so tell, talking to COVID, we might as well start there. So how, I mean, I can only imagine that your stats and your following must have gone through the roof during that period just because you had so many people at home you know most people been furloughed most people sort of weren't able to get into work so they're probably picking up guitars and wanting to learn new stuff did you see a big difference yeah so it was general use on the on the website was about triple so like the you know which wow. is significant enough that like all of the servers started going a bit cranky so i had to put a lot more resources into like into the suddenly aws bill went through the roof as well but i mean it was all good it's a, it's been a real positive time i guess which is in some ways i feel a little bit guilty about because i know lots of dudes that are having a really bad time uh tour a lot of touring musicians and incredible mm. musicians that i know that are a bit like Oh my god like i haven't done a gig for a whole year and that's how they make a living so um um i don't want to gloat on it it's it's an you know for me it's not been a bad thing as far as business stuff goes but it, it it's not without challenges though still like we had a, a long period where the my daughter wasn't at school so she was at home all the time um i've also uh i'm renovating my house at the moment so okay. where i'm not we moved out of my normal house where my studio wasn't everything and we've moved into a, a one bed flat with my daughter and my dog and my missus or whatever so we're all in this pretty small place uh i've moved my studio to this office which is where i'm uh, where i am right now which is like a i don't know what you call it like a a, a business park where all my neighbors are accountants and media people and, <laughs> and lawyers and stuff so i can't make any noise in here like i can practice acoustic guitar if my neighbors aren't in otherwise i mean they don't complain they seem pretty cool but it's not um yeah i, I bought these i just bought these tiny little general x speakers it's so cute they're like <laughs> i don't know like six inches high so they actually they sound pretty good for little tiny boxes but uh it's kemper there's definitely no amplifier I, in fact i don't even have a guitar amplifier here it's only the kemper and these little general x and uh is that driving you crazy not about not having an weird. Yeah, well, I, I, like I've been a big fan of the Kemper for a long time, but in my old studio, I had like these amazing focal uh, monitor, full yeah. range monitors. So uh, 
like even if I used the Kemper, it still felt like the real thing. Whereas this is a lot yeah. more like, yeah, it's a bit weird. But I mean, again, I can't complain. I've got a space where I can work, and and uh, even if it's got restrictions around it, it's still, you know, it's fine. Yeah, amazing, amazing. I mean, I, I've been obviously I came to your studio, at your house. It's such a a beautiful setup. Um, and I remember when I when I first got there, you were like, "Man, you've got to get out of London." you've got to get out of London <laughs> and we're now out of London and you're right it was definitely not that it's anything bad about living in London I lived there all my life but um when you got two young kids getting out and having a having grass and greenery and woods for them to go and play in and get muddy and all that kind of stuff is great it's amazing like I lived in London for 20 23 years and loved it I, I like I loved living in London and I still there's still a bit of me that misses it but like I drove my kid to school today and I've got to drive down this little woodland laneway and it's autumn and it's all like red and gold and yeah, green. And it's, yeah. it's just stunning. I'm like, oh man, like if I'd been living in London, I'd be like probably walking and getting mopey and grumpy about the traffic and pollution yeah. and blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, and I lived in a nice part of London, but it was still smoggy and, you know, I don't know. I, 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 like, I like living out of the city now. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely with you there. Um, and and so, when, so when did you first, when did you first come to London? It, it's you saying so twenty odd years ago. And was that, was that as that was as a, as a touring musician, right? That's when you were sort of playing with Katie. No, you playing Katie? No, Mel no, no. That was years later. So no, I moved. Oh, right. I moved to London in 1996, 1996, and I was. Uh, what was I doing? I got a scholarship to go to the Guitar Institute in London and I, but it wasn't a scholarship from the school. It was a scholarship from like a, it's called Arts Tasmania, which is like this arts funding body where if you're okay at doing something, you can write to them and say, hey, I'd like to go and do this thing, but I can't afford it. Can you give me some money, please? And uh, they paid for my, the, the school fees and the flights. And I had some savings and my dad gave me some money and he kind of, we sponsored the, uh, oh, and, and mum as well. We, we, they paid for my living kind of costs. And so I spent a year study at the Guitar Institute. Uh, it was a pretty weird step for a little Tasmanian kid. Uh, wow. Suddenly no. sticks and just like, you know, like my town where I'm from was pretty small. So when I arrived in London, I remember I arrived in the morning and we flew over London and I just was looking out the window going, oh my God, this is like, <laughs> as far as I could see, there are houses. And yeah. I was staying with my grandmother, my dad's English and my grandmother was here. So I stayed with her and she was in Beckenham in Southeast London. And I used to get the train to Victoria and I'd just get off the train and just walk. And, and I could walk in any direction for the whole day and there was nothing but and I just couldn't believe like amazing as a, you just can't do that you walk like 15 minutes and you've walked through the entire <laughs> capital city you know it's like it was pretty wild yeah uh, I know but it's it's a it was um I would never say when any when anybody ever says where, where are you from I always go well southeast London but Beckenham uh -huh. Beckenham is that's on like the border actually I lived in Dulwich for a little bit as well which is uh -huh. near near Beckenham which is nice yeah, yeah. isn't it now yeah, it's all super um, cool. And that's all like super trendy and all of that. Oh, sort of I stuff. didn't like it. In in 96, it was pretty rough still. It was, oh, yeah, it was yeah. Not massively. A nice, um, 
No. Uh, I used to go to the pub there and it was a bit like, it's slightly different in England, I think, compared to Australia. Like in Australia, it's a bit more, bit more punchy. If you're up, like if something goes funny, you might get smacked <laughs> or you might smack someone. But it's it, then that's it. It's like yeah, it's yeah. finished. Like, you and then you have like, a beer afterwards, probably. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> but over here it's, it felt a little bit more like if you upset you somebody, you might get stabbed. Yeah, exactly. It was a bit more. It's a bit sketchier. Yeah, but, um, I remember I did yeah, a gig. I, I did a gig in, in a in a pub in uh, near Beckenham, and I never forget it. I had this tiny little PA system that I used to wheel around London doing gigs, just earning earning any cash I could. And um, I went into this. It was a Sunday gig, and most of these people had. I don't think they'd gone to bed on or on a Saturday night. And I sort of, I came in in there. And was sort of playing loads of covers, and they were they were just screaming like, "Play Wonderwall" or "Play Faith," and you know all, all of that sort of stuff. I was like, "Oh God!" Um, but yeah, it d- definitely definitely puts um, uh, puts hairs in your chest doing doing gigs like <laughs> doing gigs like that. <laughs> my, my my scariest one was after I lived with my granny in Beckenham. I moved to Acton. Uh, again, when Acton was still yes, kind of terrified. It's like, now it's all gentrified. No, yeah. you, you have to, like, you buy a crappy flat there for a million quid. But back yeah. then it was it was pretty horrible. And uh, to get from where I lived, it's a street called Lathe Road, I had to walk through the estate to get to Acton Town to get the train into London. And I'd been and done a jazz gig with this girl singer, just like a little duet thing. And I came back kind of late probably around midnight or something last train and I had to walk from Acton town to my house and walking through the estate there was this pub it was called the Anchorage but they'd knocked out the H and so it was the ANC rage right and it was like a it was a pretty scary kind of a pub and I was walking down the the road there and this group of I don't know 20 blokes walk kind of wander down from outside the pub onto the footpath and they're looking at me and I'm like walking down I've got my guitar on my back and a little amplifier polytone thing or something and uh I'm like oh my god like that's it they're gonna nick and I didn't have any money or much stuff so it was just like if they nick my shit that's that's it you know yeah. and I'm like what do I do do I cross the road do I like like do I just turn around and go back or like what what am I gonna do and I thought well <laughs> I guess I'm just going to have to walk through to hold my head up high and hope that nothing happens. And they parted. It was just like, <laughs> brilliant, they, brilliant. they moved out of the way and there was a little bit of jeering and a bit of like, you know, what are you doing here? You're in yeah. the wrong part of town. Kids yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was okay. I walked through yeah. and I, my heart was racing. I'm, I'm sure my undies were a different color when I got through the other side, but it was, yeah. I was imagining you going, I'm going to play your tune and get in there. No, no, I was far too freaking it for that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was, Mate. that was one of those funny, I'll never forget it. And, and I, I still to this day don't know whether they just, whether they appreciated that I had the balls to just walk through and not cross the road. And if I'd crossed the road, would they have come and nick my stuff? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I had this conversation the other day with uh, a friend about um, I've just started, I'm rekindling doing martial arts stuff, which I've always kind of tinkered with. And uh, 
this friend of mine was laughing like you live in Farnham man like there's nothing there's no dangerous stuff happens in Farnham at all it's super super safe weird weirdly safe what on earth are you you getting into it for and I do think that there's a certain um air or whatever that you get when you when you can handle yourself that you're less likely to be a victim like Mm. anywhere like mm. I always felt that, like I've always gone to crappy bars and played in shady places. I've yeah. very rarely had any trouble ever compared to people that I know that are scared of those sort of situations. They seem to get it more. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm a very kind good of friend weird. of mine, he's a great, great guitarist guy called Ben Martinez, um, great session player. And he, uh, yeah, he was a, amazing at, I don't know what form of martial arts it was, but he used to do it all the time. And he did it mainly for, um, for sort of uh, just mentally, just a sort of it, just different headspace. It sort of really mm-hmm. cleared his mind. A lot of med- it, it, he said it was it was almost like a form of meditation for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so you just touched on um, a couple of things there, and I wish I, I was going just before organizing doing this um, doing this podcast. I wanted to um, I was going on your channels, and you you put up something about Instagram that I thought was really interesting. And I just wanted to pick your brain on it, really, just hear your thoughts, mm-hmm. because I um, I have similar thoughts to you about social media, I think, and we might go there. But um, I love the fact that you took something that you didn't necessarily think was beneficial, um, not necessarily to yourself, but just maybe to society mm-hmm. or, or, a, or a deeper meaning. And you, you you turned it on its head and you obviously you, you have a, a big fan base. You've got a lot of, lot of people following you and it was... How do I use something that's um, got such a wide reach that's going to not not benefit me necessarily as a business or, or what I do? But you know, if you if you want to know what I like doing, then you know, ask me a question here. And it was mm-hmm. about health because you said I'm, I'm into health, and I know you're very much into health and fitness. We we're talking about fasting a minute ago and all of mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. So, um, a what made you what made you flip that and, and decide to, to put that post up and B, what's the reaction been like? Okay, so uh, I've always been a bit weird about social media because I, I started doing some advertising on Facebook and stuff a long time ago and I discovered how much they know about us and about how our information is manipulated and it was quite obvious fairly early on to me that in any of those things that we get for free, we are the product, right? So in Facebook, we're the product, the fact that we use it, even if you're advertising on it, you're still the product. And especially as a user, you're being analyzed, they're collecting your data there. And and I think that especially in the manipulation of maybe Brexit and some of the uh, political campaigns and stuff, that it's moving much further away from just being like, so they can sell us shoes that they like and and this kind of fake idea that by opting into this thing we're going to serve you ads that are more likely to reflect your interests which is just a really smarmy load of shit if i can swear on your podcast sorry i just i don't think that's a genuine thing it's a lot bigger and more evil than that i think so i was thinking about ditching the whole lot i'm like i don't really need it for my business model uh, there's lots of guys that use it really effectively and that's cool and I'm fine with that, but I, I just, 
I wasn't relating to it and I don't think it's a genuine thing to get involved with that sort of stuff if you're not really feeling it. So I was like, well, what am I going to do? And, and I put in the newsletter, I'm thinking of ditching Instagram. I hadn't posted anything for a couple of weeks and I was just thinking about it. And this girl, um, I can never pronounce her name. She's Portuguese, uh, but living in Canada, multilingual girl, uh, uh, wrote to me and said, dude, I've been working on a social media plan for you uh, about positivity and, and, and trying to get, because I like, I think I've got a fairly positive spirit. Like yeah, I like to look at the world in a nice kind of way. And, and I feel like that's just how I see things. Anyway, she said, you need to work on making that bigger. Don't think of social media as this place where you're encouraging people to, to be part of the machine and doing, you know, staying with the status quo and whatever you can use it in a better way than that and and i'd like to help you organize your thoughts and, and make things better um and if we can get more people playing guitar generally then that's a more positive thing too so amazing we we sat down i've got a meeting with her after your podcast again actually and she's we're still working on these things and i've got in contact with a bunch of other kind of I've got a few friends that are kind of life coachy kind of that's Great. always a funny word but but um I'm talking with them about how I can because I think they're all connected I think music and, and art and, definitely and, and well-being and all of those things are connected it's absolutely. all kind of like hobby based stuff absolutely so I'm trying to find ways of incorporating into the posts on social media things like encouraging people to get into particularly mindfulness meditation or meditation generally and self-reflection and uh, thinking a bit about what's underneath and what, what, what it means to try to be a good person and that sort of stuff. And I don't want to sound it condescending, you know, falling short of what I expect of myself or whatever. And I think those kind of reflections can be really helpful. Um, definitely encouraging things like getting outside, getting physical exercise, I think could be really helpful Particularly, I think we're in a society is going to have some difficult problems coming up with with mental health and the stuff, the COVID things, and uh, you know a lot of unemployment. There's going to be some difficult times up ahead. So, yeah, yeah, if I agreed. can in any way, in just a small way, <clears throat> help even a few people find a happier place to be through exercise, mindfulness, better reading, whatever, then that seems to me to be a positive. Thing. So I want to try and combine um, those things with music. Um, that's what I'm hoping to do anyway. I, I just love all of that, mate. I really do. Um, for so many different levels, if, you know, as a musician you know, like yourself, um, I mean, not in any way putting myself in the same league as you but oh, having dude, done the, have, having having done the having done the touring and all of that sort of stuff and the anxiety that you know creating music can can bring on you and you know you're because you're creating something so emotional and you're putting it out there and are they going to love it are they going to hate it did i do a good gig you know i definitely went through loads of ups and downs with that uh, you know from a, from a sort of an emotional standpoint and <clears throat> found the meditation exercise is always a thing and I always find if I haven't, if I'm not regular with exercise, um, I, I find, I, I find myself in, you know, in a day, like just not on track with things and 
everything seems to be getting on top of you. And then I realized very quickly that it's because I didn't take that hour just to go, even if it's just for a long walk or just go for a run or whatever. It's amazing that the difference that that can make to your mind and also to you as a person, right? <clears throat> to other people. Um, and I think that to, to use what, you, you know, the reach that you've got for something like that is very interesting. And also just from a guitar standpoint, you know, obviously this is a talking guitar podcast. Um, I think that that was something that I hear a lot from our customers is that the, the guitar for them is, is again, is that sort of meditative, meditative state that they can get into mm -hmm. when they're, when they're practicing, especially. And I remember there was one, uh, one teacher that I um, was talking to a while ago and he said that when he goes to practice the guitar, rather than just go, okay, I've got like an hour, I'm just gonna, gonna do my intense practice now. He would turn ev absolutely everything off. He would close and lock the door. He would do it at a time where he knew he wasn't gonna be disturbed. He'd even dim the lighting. Sometimes he even said he lit a candle just to like get into this zone. Mm -hmm. And he would have a plan. And I definitely want to talk to you about practice and how you, because you've got a great um, lesson on, on, on scheduling and practice. Um, but he, he would say that he would just get, before he even picked the instrument up, he would get into a sort of state of relaxation, write all of the goals he wanted to achieve within that time frame, and always put a little bit for fun and noodling at the end. But, um, and he said that it just, his playing just went, through the roof when he when he found that routine um and again for him it was that he was a busy guy and it just made him stop reflect on the day enjoy the instrument because i i know that i always found that okay well, i've got to practice i've got to practice and you'd sit down and you have all these things that you want to achieve in that practice schedule and you would try and do your scales and you try and do your chords and all this sort of stuff and it and it you must find that with your students that that is something that um you have to really drill into them about the love of wanting to practice, right? Yeah, I'm. So I've got, I've got a few conflicting, self-conflicting opinions on it, which is makes it kind of interesting. And a lot of it, I think, comes down to different character types, and that we're all different. We all have different ways of working and ways of keeping ourselves motivated and stuff. Uh, and I think that depending on where you are on the journey makes a big difference on that stuff too. So for like for real beginners, I think it's more important in some ways that you do some technical kind of practice, like practicing chord changes, practicing strumming, like physical, because they're kind of physical things. It's like getting your fingers tougher and all of that. And you can, no matter how arty and clever you want to be, if you can't play, if you can't actually make a chord sound nice, then it's going to be very difficult to get into that super trippy headspace thing where you're in the moment and the music's flowing around you. If if what you the noises you're making are sound pretty horrible, right? So there's there's like there's different kind of stages within that, and I think that in the beginning part, I feel like you've got to do some of that set practice exercises or whatever. But as well, you should have a lot of fun just playing songs. So that's in the early stages, I think it should be half and half, like technical practice and songs, right? That's at the very early, like learning basic chords, learning to strum, picking notes individually, that real easy stuff, right? Basic beginner practice. 
once you get it a little bit beyond that and you can do those, then it becomes more, I feel like trying to find what it is that you want to practice and being aware that you might want different things on different days. So this is something relatively new for me that I've, uh, I've been doing a little bit of one-on-one -on -one teaching with a few people, kind of friends, some of these like life coach people that are, that are, we do like a barter thing where I get advice on, you know, meditations <laughs> and stuff like that. And in return, we do guitar things. And I feel like that most people should have different routines that they can choose depending on how they're feeling. So like, uh, I've kind of figured at the moment, I'm, I'm still developing this. And that's why I said it's a little bit conflicted at the moment, because I'm still trying to figure out how I would present this to someone, but this is, you're hearing it here first. On the <laughs> um, so uh, I feel like you should have like, when you're in the mood for it, like a technical practice session where you're going to do scales with a metronome, chord changes, set improvising, working on arpeggios, depending on where you're at and what it is that you want to do, you'd have like technical practice. You could, should also have like repertoire practice where you're going like, Hey, I'm just in the mood for playing all the stuff that I know now already and just enjoying it. And if I want to work on it, then it's trying to make it feel better, trying to improve the fluidity, trying to get more in the moment, that kind of proper practice. Mm -hmm. There could be days where it's not about any of that stuff at all. And you just hold the guitar and piss about and do whatever you like for half an hour or 15 minutes or however long it is you're practicing. And there's no agenda and there's no hope of getting better or trying to get better or trying you just play and muck around and enjoy and it should be very curious and you could go and do anything at all like it could be having a go at a Guthrie Govan song like something that you absolutely can't play but it's yeah. just fun to try it because you yeah, always yeah. wondered it could be locking into a reggae groove for and trying to play a tune along with some something fun anything it could be anything and then it could be also this kind of uh, like more of a routine -y routine where you do a bit of technical stuff and a bit of like the kind of routines that I've traditionally mm -hmm. uh, prescribed to people, which is a mixture of technical stuff, transcribing, ear training, whatever, like a, a, a yeah. more well-rounded all body routine kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so yeah. I kind of feel that's the, the, the place for that. What your friend was talking about for me is a, is even later down the journey than that, which is the sort of practice like you or I would do, where it's a bit more relating back to a self-expression thing. And, and again, you need to be able to make a sound out of your instrument that you enjoy before you get to that. And that can be simple. Um, I always remember a good memory of uh, working with Kate Mellora was when uh, the very first time I met her and she sat and played this song. She, she could play a bit of piano, but not really any guitar at all. And she'd written this song, I think it's called Spider's Web. And it, it was just basically oh, really yeah. basic thing. Yeah, it was finger picking, open chords, only a couple of open chords, I think. I can't even remember if the song had a bridge at that point. I can't remember. But it sounded amazing. And But she could just do this basic thing, but she was aware of it sounding nice. She could make a nice sound out of the instrument. And as basic as it was, that made it work. You yeah. know, the, the yeah. air and attention to notes and stuff. So yeah. that's kind of where that's at the level of like writing and creativity and musical expression and this other stuff, which I definitely encourage anyone to get into mm -hmm. after they can make a decent sound on the instrument. 
because if yeah. you can't do that then it's yeah. it, it, it just doesn't work as well you know i i feel that but again this is just one opinion of one dude who's i'm into it and i'm enthusiastic <laughs> about it but that doesn't mean it's the only way and i i definitely encourage anyone who's getting into my approach to also explore other people's approaches because there's just as much value in lots of other ways of exploring it this is just how i see it yeah i mean i i have i've um, even before we before we knew each other um i uh, i used to i would always go onto your site as i used to tell you i used to always go onto your site i love the practice schedules you used to put in place i remember i finished touring yeah. one time and you know it's like you suddenly stop touring and you've got a lot of time in your hands <laughs> I remember I did loads of your um, loads of your ear training courses and everything like that. I was found it very easy. I remember actually last time we spoke at when you were at TNAG, you were just in that transition from your old site to your new site, um, and now the new site is 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 even better. You've got proper courses that you can flow all the way through, right? Oh, dude, you want to see what's coming up? Wow. So like we, we did that. I don't want to just change topic and I don't want no, to do, do, do. Uh, talky talky all the time. But uh, we've spent the last five months redoing the whole site. I got this amazing company called Pomegranate to do user interface, user design stuff. So we looked at, uh, we did a bunch of surveys and a bunch of analysis of how people use the site, what the journey was looking at all the Google analytics of yeah. when people start, how far do they get? Where do they fall off? How do we get them back on? Yeah. Um, and yeah, we've got an incredible new thing lined up. Like it's the whole reinvention of all of that. Like how uh, the site will know where you're at, where you're doing. So when you sign on, it'll tell you what things to practice, how long to practice them for. Oh, brilliant. It gives you this multiple routine thing that I've been talking about. So you can choose which one of your routines you want to do that day. It'll log all your practice, how you're doing well on this, uh, what songs you're working on, how far you're through it, uh, build a, building a repertoire, helping you have a songs I want to learn, songs I'm learning, songs I can play, lists and all of this sort of stuff all built in. Visually, it looks a lot nicer as well. Um, we've got some always, other stuff. It, you're just always innovating. You're, you're just always, I don't know how you have time to do it. I mean, like you're just, your work schedule is, is so intense. I mean, I know just, it's, I, remember I mean, you... it's, I'm, I'm, I'm busy all the time, but it's, I'm, it's one of the things I'm working on is not being busy and allowing myself time to just have ideas and, and do stuff. Yeah. Um, I've been really lucky with it, this COVID thing made business expand a little bit like so there was more money coming into the into the pots but uh i wanted to use it productively so i got these other experts in that i wouldn't probably actually I, yeah i wouldn't have been able to afford them had it not have been for covid frankly yeah. but i uh yeah so, so a lot of this stuff is just like i i have ideas for things but now i try and look for people who can figure it out and i go like i want it to do this how can i make it do that yeah yeah, yeah. And I, and yeah but you're just reinvesting this, you know? you're, you're yeah, just yeah. reinvesting it you're, you're your own business and you're reinvesting in your own business all the time which is yeah, yeah. Uh, which is amazing and that that, that go prints on to a point that we we're talking about a second ago with facebook and doing facebook advertising yeah. do you think that you know i like the fact that you were so organic in the fact that you were probably 
I mean, I can't think of anybody before you doing this yeah. uh, on they YouTube. Really, yeah. You must have been like the first, uh, even, so, to, even to the point where, it, you know, you're in a studio somewhere with your legs crossed. I and mean, that's always still one of my favorite videos and you were told to take it down. You're like, <laughs> it's yeah. only the no, you're not allowed to take that down. Um, but do you think that it's because everything is just so organic back then that you cultivated this audience that, and, and it is like, it's a mate of yours, you know, in a room showing you how to play it. That was the thing that I was mm -hmm. like, oh, well, who's this guy? This is great. To now mm -hmm. that there's so much structure and thought and giving back to, to, to your, um, uh, to your um, viewers. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I've always just tried to do my thing and, and yeah, I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm aware that I only film when I'm feeling like it. So like if I'm not in the, that vibe, I don't know, out of scrap with the missus or that, like something upset me or whatever, then I won't, I won't try and film a lesson because I want to give a positive kind of feeling when people watch my videos and I, I wouldn't want it, people to watch it and see me in a mood or whatever. That just wouldn't make any sense. So like, uh, yeah, uh, I'm aware of trying to maintain positivity and a, a friendly vibe, I guess, but I don't have to try that hard. Like, I think I, I think I genuinely am a fairly friendly kind of a guy. I like talking to people. I, I like uh, meeting people and, and, and sharing music because I think music's an amazing thing and it's given me so much that if I can help other people enjoy it the, the way I do, then that just seems like a, a privilege more than anything else, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's not really, it's not work, man. Like, no, I know lots of people that work really hard. Like we play guitar, we don't work it, you know, like yeah. I'm so lucky that I get to come to work and play guitar. Sure. There are days where I get a bit moany if I've got to do like, I don't know. There are definitely days where I do, oh, thumbnails, YouTube thumbnails. There we go. So like I've done a bunch <laughs> of videos, I've filmed them. Editing them sometimes can be a bit of a drag, especially if I cock something up and I've got to find a way to edit it together. Yeah. Uh, and then like making YouTube thumbnails, tags and descriptions. And then that kind of thing is always a bit like, oh, really? <laughs> um, but again, I'm working on at the moment on trying to get the team bigger so that I don't have to do that because I don't want to do that anymore. I want to make, I want to plan stuff, like work out how, you know, how I think it would be a good path for somebody to learn a particular thing. And then I want to film it and make it. And that's actually all I want to do. I want to find other people to edit it. I want to find other people to make the web pages, make the thumbnails, do the tagging, all of that. Cause it's not, mm. you know, you know, rather not do it if I can. And I'm, I've been lucky enough that I can maybe get things together now for, yeah. you know, so I don't have to be the case. Yeah. And what about creativity then? Like, obviously you're, creative in all of in all of the lessons that you're 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 putting together but what about mm -hmm. your your sort of creative release at like us writing a tune together for example mm -hmm. which is a lot of fun um and uh we have to finish it um yeah but do you do you try to get do you try to schedule into this busy week time for you to go and create and you know have you have you done anything over covid because you were going to do i remember last time i spoke to you, you were going to do an acoustic instrumental album yeah so I was doing, I've got like three or four songs from this instrumental album idea uh, that are kicking around that I haven't figured out what to do with yet. 
or whether to just release them as little one-off events here and there or whatever. Most of them have got little sections that I feel like I haven't finished yet. So they're like, mm. there's something, and you know what I mean? Like there's a guttural instinct on songs where you go like, it's kind of finished, but something down there says like, nah, mate, it's not quite, <laughs> it's not quite ready yet. So I need, I haven't been making time for creativity lately, to be honest. It, it, through this COVID thing, it's been, it's been really busy and, yeah. and, and I like I, I'm trying not to be busy but I am like I drop the daughter at school and then I look at like especially now with the, this building project on it's like I've got to check in with that and there's all of this stuff coming up like it's kind of it's not really what I love doing it's like what tap do you want in the kitchen and it's actually <laughs> like I had no idea how complex and how many decisions there were going to be to do with that like what's the flooring what's what's the flooring made of what are the covers what's the colors of this what sink do you want what taps do you want what and and you know it's not just me it's me and, and the missus but then it's like you have a different different want and then it becomes really difficult to like oh my god and the amount of money that you can spend on stuff like you can buy a a, a, a tap for like 20 quid or you can buy a tap for twenty thousand quid it's like i'm obviously not going for a twenty thousand quid tap but it's like where on the spectrum is like where am I going to do this like do I put a bit of extra money here and take it out of there like there's all of these funny decisions so on top of that and the website redesign and uh, trying to film new lessons trying to I've just finished grade two of the beginners course I'm working on grade three now so I'm trying to schedule that plan that and then I've got to I've decided I'm doing arrangements so that's kind of creative actually so yeah 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 the, the grade three part of my course is going to be, and I only decided this last week, um, it's going to be all arrangements. So when you finish grade two, you can choose between acoustic guitar, rock guitar, blues guitar. What did I say already? Rock, is it rock guitar, acoustic guitar, blues guitar, or there's a fourth one. I can't think of Jesus, my brain's fried. Anyway, yes. You can choose, but, but it's going to be arrangements. So I'm writing now arrangements for each one. So like solo oh, wow. blues arrangements, lead guitar things, acoustic fingerstyle things and each little episode or lesson or whatever will be here's an arrangement to practice that will teach you this so Great. i'm kind of trying to write it but with the purpose um i always think of these classical studies i did as a, a teenager called the saw studies they were um by fernando saw but arranged by andre segovia mm -hmm. and and they were musical etudes in their own right but each one taught you a different thing so i'm now trying to go Right, I, I'd like somebody to learn this piece, but at the end they can develop this skill. So it's kind of creative within a teaching remit. I guess that's oh, my man, creative yeah. outlet at the moment. But and then yeah, and, and, and but, but but no um, but no uh, band projects again, like with your with your last I, one. I really we, came, we came as strangers. We came as strangers. Yes, yeah, we came as strangers. Uh, so two of we came as strangers live in LA, and they're just they're coming to England tomorrow actually they're coming back to the uk uh before the civil war breaks out in america um, oh man so, the podcast um, is not long enough to go down yeah. that road <laughs> <laughs> no it isn't and that's not somewhere where I'm, it's probably a good idea to go anyway but uh yeah there's going to be some I, I worry for what's going to happen after that mm. let's see what happens i don't who knows anyway uh they wanted to get out of la obviously before all of that goes whichever way it's going to go so they they're coming back for a, 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 while, a few months 
So I'm really hopeful that we can get another We Came As Strangers record done. Yeah. Because uh, they're the most fun things ever. But, oh man, yeah, I can imagine. It literally is. You just you just get into a room with nothing, that you black page and then and create. Yeah. That's great. That's, we do, that's we, the best every, way. Every, every record's been written and recorded and everything in two weeks, but starting from a blank slate, like literally just showing up, the four of us get together and go like, what? Well, okay, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, Love and then that. just pissing around until we find something interesting and then go, yeah, this is fun. Let's do this. You know. Oh, so, that's the uh, best. That's the best. I said, that's the one thing I, I miss about songwriting is I used to do a lot of those writing camps and going into mm -hmm. a room with, you know, two or three strangers to write, you know, you might, you're going to be writing for, you know, for brief or whatever, but just to, um, to create from something that completely blank canvas on this, I've got this little, I've got this little, noodly idea I like or whatever and then we can just explode from there did you that just quick that was what we did yeah like, it was it was it was. it was like okay I've got this idea and you went well what if we try that and I went well I've got this thing and we went oh yeah okay well why don't we try those two things like you know yeah and that's the it best. And at the end of it you have a song yeah it's the best um have you thought about doing songwriting like courses at all anything like that I've I I put some songwriting into the new beginners course the, the grade yeah. two course had like a introduction to form and the idea like basically just me encouraging people to be like you don't have to be an incredible musician to write songs you can write so if you know two chords you can write a song so uh encouraging people to explore what they like because i feel mm. like that's one of the biggest hurdles is realizing what you like and what you might want to do as a writer mm. so mm. If you've never thought about that, that's that can kind of jam up the wheel a bit. I feel like so. Yeah, uh, yeah encouraging people to do that. I'd, I've thought slash thinking about doing some songwriter camp things. Like yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah, maybe not what you've done, but the my idea was to get a bunch of people that want to get into songwriting that haven't got into it before and uh, talk a bit about song form and and how to go about it and structure of verses and stuff like you know yeah basic songwriting stuff that you kind of learned along the way but it'd be a lot easier for somebody just to show you yeah <laughs> um, yeah yeah and, and and then and then pair people off and and i might end up doing one of those in italy uh next year if the world's back to normal by then yeah because you're you're those um uh camps you used to do in italy were they were so busy weren't they i mean like, they, they were just they just awesome sell out fun. And uh, did you see Mike Dawes just recently put up um, his um, the Van Halen? Yeah, piece. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Crazy! Man. I thought he's that was so just funny. amazing. I mean, we, yeah, we did a podcast with him, and uh, he's another guy that I've just got so much, you know, adoration for. Like mm -hmm. proper, proper talent, proper grafter, um, and just I love Mike a, too. He's great. A really nice guy, you know. He he always whenever he's on tour he comes to stay at my place. If he's in this neighbourhood, he he would stay over and we just sit up drinking wine and complaining about the world and, and yeah. you know it's a yeah he's a lovely guy and that arrangement is just absolutely oh, ridiculous. Like I, he he didn't mail out and I just watched it and while I was still watching it I texted him like this shouldn't be allowed, man. Like yeah 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 I know like, I know what. Yeah, I know. And then as I was still texting him, the solo came on. I was just like, oh my God. I know. Uh, it, it just sheer, yeah. yeah, sheer perfection. 
um, is yeah. playing is uh, to again that's pro- you know real visionary stuff there what he's what he's creating and it's so his own sound like I don't think there's lots of fingerstyle players and but you know Mike's just got this tone to his playing that you just could be in a in a you know concert and with your eyes closed and you'd know it would be him do you know what I mean um and uh, yeah and you know again really open really honest uh, we 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 had a chat on the on uh, one of our podcasts and um you know a tough time for him man like he he was saying suddenly had to reassess see reassess everything like it's 95 percent of his time is out on the road so I had to kind mm-hmm. of reassess that um and then and then create something like that filmed like that edited like that and I was just like ah come on <laughs> it's crazy yeah, but, uh, yeah you know it's like it's great to see he is evolving with the times because like there are absolutely I know other dudes that are really battling that that they can't figure a, a find a way to divert that stuff you know and it's it's not just that. It's not just musicians, though. I realized the other day. It's like all of the crews and techs and oh, lighting man, engineers yes. oh. and catering and like the music industry is a really big industry that employs a ton of people. Like when you look at like a, a, a tour, not even like Rolling Stone size tours, but like stuff that we did with Kate or whatever, there were still like three buses of people going around and that's a relatively small fry thing compared to oh, yeah, yeah. like the Stones or Ed Sheeran. Well, yeah, Ed Sheeran or whoever that have like, you know, big catering and light shows and all of that. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. Um, yeah, yeah oh. it's, 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 a, it's a catastrophe, isn't it? The whole thing. Um, and just need to, something, I think I get, I see something's got to be done to protect that industry because without it, the world is, is definitely not a better place. You know, we need to make yeah, sure yeah. that we can keep everybody you know, going and, and, and employed on some level, but, you know, I, but like yeah. I say, you know, you, you um, when you see people like Mike um, adjusting to, to that um, and being creative, I, I genuinely do think that independent musicians are actually incredible entrepreneurs. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, you have to be, you have to be your booking agent. You've got to be your, a marketing guy your social media guy all of that sort of stuff as well as being the creative person the person selling the merch setting it up all of that um and so when i think those are the ones that have done that it, this situation with covid is it, it they're they're better equipped you've got a little bit they've got Absolutely. a little bit they're better equipped Agreed. to go this is bad um but i know how to do this 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 and this and i've got to you know nurture that part of my you know income or i've got to nurture that part of my audience um and that's amazing that that someone like mike has adjusted that quickly hi yeah, mike that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well man i just i know how busy you are and i really appreciate you you, you taking time to check in and, we, and once this all lifts we've actually we've got to hang out mate Thanks so much for stopping in and uh, yeah. You're welcome. Re- Thanks for asking me. Um, always lovely to chat to you and I hope we have another chat soon. Yeah, definitely. One last question before you go. What are you yeah. playing? What are you playing most at the moment? Either not just electric or acoustic and not just work or orientated. Like what's your go-to at the moment? Uh, I've only bought four guitars to this office. Yeah. And they are... The Froggy Bottom. Great. 
the uh, Grey Guitars custom thing, Amazing. that pink one. Love that. And they're actually the only two guitars that I've got out. I also bought my 335, uh, and that's in my cupboard. Uh, and I bought a bass, and a, a 1960s uh, EB3 bass, but that hasn't been out of the case yet either. It's I'm mostly practicing these days on acoustic guitar, like just yeah. I don't have to worry about plugging anything in or getting a sound or anything. It's just like the sound is there. Um, the Froggy is amazing. It, it, it is a um, I still miss there's 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 a certain thing going on with my big Maton Messiah thing for oh, yeah. that big dreadnought sound like that thing just it's just got something going on. But for all of the stuff I've been doing lately, like slightly more complicated finger styly sort of arrangement mm. stuff, the froggy is that where it's at. And interestingly, Josh Smith messaged me the other day saying, "Is that a froggy? Uh, <laughs> or they're, they're the best acoustic guitars being made at the moment, you know? And, yeah. and that's a guy who's like, you know, he knows what's going on." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but Maiden, they make they make some amazing guitars. Mm -hmm. They do, Real nice. really, really do. Um, Mate, thanks so much again. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, maybe we do one of these just to finish that tune. Yeah, that could be an, an interesting... Uh, yeah, let, let's try a collaboration songwriting finish. Yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> on on uh, Zoom or whatever. <laughs> well, mate, send my love to the family. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks so much too. for stopping in. Cheers, man. Yeah, no, Take okay. care. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Guitar. For more information on the world's finest guitars, please visit our website at thenorthamericanguitar.com.